Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by SoundWeb Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. SonicWeb Studios is the answer. SonicWeb Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at SonicWebStudios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner Show, get 20% off your first project. SonicWeb Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, International War Ring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia. Available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molsonzia has garnered great reviews in Eve 11 and Joyce by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and many others. So grab your copy today for It Goes Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon. Also, the Mike Widener Show can be heard on the themikewidenershow.com and over 30 podcast platforms, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music, and more. Take us with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram and Twitter today. And for great gift ideas 24-7 for your family, friends, and loved ones, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show merchandise, T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, a lot more. Make great, great Christmas gifts. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast and the Mike Widener Show.com. And for more great gift ideas, check out me and Molson Zia's store on Amazon.com for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, all kinds of goodies. Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check out today. And don't forget to support us on Anchor FM and PayPal. And make sure you donate to the Mike Widener Show very generously today. We're here with a terrific lady who is a local historian, author, and gained an international reputation as a distinguished researcher in gender and race relations and developed the very first survey course in women's history at Bakersfield College. And uh, she's also got a book out, which is um, talking about, um, you, know, you know, Bakersfield itself, but um, we'll also give another name as well. And she also works as an adjunct professor of history at the College of the Canyons in Santa Clarita, California, and also uh, teaching classes in cultural diversity and world civilization for National University. And uh, she's also given some talks and just amazing. And this book is about a fictional Western town whose story and location and the people have been uh, wiped off from the pages of history. And we're talking Cooksville, USA. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios in beautiful downtown Bakersfield, California, the amazing author, historian, and an amazing researcher. Ladies and gentlemen, the very talented author, Sarah Burns. Sarah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon here. I'm sure it's afternoon there as well. <laughs> it's uh, it's afternoon all over the place, no matter where you are. It can be morning, evening, and that's what's beautiful about a show like this, 24-7-365. So you're a local historian and also an author. You gained an international reputation for um, being a distinguished uh, researcher in gender and race, race relations and developed the very first course in um, women's uh, history at Bakersfield College. And you also um, worked as an adjunct professor of uh, history at the College of the uh, Canons in Santa Clarita, California, also teaching classes in cultural diversity at World Civilization for National University. And your book is about a fictional Western town whose story, location, people, and have been wiped off from the pages of, uh, civil, of uh, history. You also have some books, uh, Daughters of Juno, also uh, Chronicle One, Matilda of Argyle, 
or our goal should say, and you also contributed two books. We'll be talking about Cooksville, USA, but before getting to all that, Sarah, tell us how it first got started. How the book got, us, got started? Uh, let's talk about uh, you first, like how you got started. Okay, very good. Well, it's been my, I've been an avid reader since my childhood, and I've had some very interesting experiences in growing up the first 12 years on the Ohio River in mm -hmm. Kentucky, Owensboro, Kentucky, moving to Anaheim when uh, we, I was 12, and uh, my family uh, relocated there, and it was uh, quite a transition to come to the Pacific Coast at that time, and I happened to be a transplant in in an area where there were a lot of transplants. My best friends were from Missouri and Nebraska and another one from Kentucky. So we all transitioned to Orange County together, trying to get rid of our accents, trying to assimilate as it were. Mm -hmm. And I found that all of my experiences through life uh, in that transition, being an avid reader, growing up uh, in a time when young women tended to marry too soon, and um, move off in a way and sometimes jump from the, the frying pan into the fire. And I, through the years, found my voice and found my interests because of the books that I read. So I returned to college and became an historian, a double major, English and history, and decided that not only did I want to research, not only did I want to teach, but I also wanted to investigate deeply enough to write the stories of humanity. I am a social and cultural historian. Mm -hmm. I look out for the underdogs and the minorities. My concentrations within U.S. history were women's history and African-American history. I still teach those today, both of those subjects along with U.S. history. I've been teaching for 26 plus years, and uh, I, I have found that I cannot help but be concerned uh, as a social historian about the condition of human beings that are ignored, left behind, need to rise up. So that has become the basis for my writing, scholarly or historic fiction. And in this case, Cooksville is a Western history. It is full of intrigue and crime and excitement and passion and love affairs and <laughs> has something like for a everyone. classic western <laughs> it is a classic western but it goes from 1850 into the 21st century so i start my story with my key person he became the impetus for i finally got to write a story about this town i've lived here for decades i didn't want to move here my husband was from here he brought us back here after living in San Francisco and British Columbia. So this is, um, this. I was a resistant newcomer to Bakersfield, but after living here for decades, having raised my children, having become a part of the community socially, uh, politically, as an instructor, and uh, just be knowing the undercurrent that most people don't see, I felt like I had to write a story about Bakersfield, fictionalize it to protect the innocent and the guilty both. Mm -hmm. And then I met this man who in my book is called Lenny, Lyndon Weathers. He was a criminal investigator par excellence in this town. He lived 96 years and wow. he became part of um, the leading criminal law firm here. 
their investigator. He investigated crimes like Spade Cooley, who killed his wife, and uh, other bloody crimes in this area. Some of them are sexual crimes. Some of them are just uh, travesties against humanity. But Lyndon, my character, that's not his real name. He was there as the investigator, as the fixer. I, I compare him to Ray Donovan. He shows up. He'll take care of anything that needs to be taken care of in order to win the case. Um, but he's also, he lived long enough to be able to tell his stories and say, I'm not proud of everything I've done. And uh, as he shared those stories with me over a, a period of about seven years, my husband and I meeting him for lunch weekly, having him into our home, I came to know those stories intimately and I realized he's got to be immortalized and that's what I've done in this book. Wow, that is interesting. How'd you first um, got interested in uh, social civilization and, um, and, and cultural studies? How'd you first get to interest in it? I think it goes back to my roots in Kentucky. I, I grew up hearing from my mother that uh, Kentucky never seceded from the Union. Now, it was a slave state, but it didn't secede from the Union. Okay, so she's defending it as being a, a just state. And I had African-American babysitters, and I had good relations with them. One of them I loved just dearly, and she'd bring her little sister over to play with me. And I didn't know until I was about eight years old that the rest of the children on our block would be offended that we had them in our home that I was playing with that little girl. Really? And they lined up outside our home. Most of them were Irish Catholic. And they screamed at me to bring that little girl out. And it was frightening. That was my first experience of knowing that some people are, are biased and discriminatory. And I called my mother. She said, just stay in the house. You'll be fine. And we stayed in the house. I always remembered that when I was reading stories about growing up, learning history. And I did learn the history of the Civil War. In some Southern states, it wasn't taught. But I had a soft spot for the people that were, uh, you know, the minorities that were mistreated. When I studied history in high school, I was still into those stories. I read profusely all through the years. and. Unfortunately, I was one of those, like so many young women, he's graduating from college. He wants me to marry him now. So I'll give up, I'll put my education on hold. And um, hmm. that resulted in me move to San Francisco and to British Columbia, which was a great experience. But once we were settled back here, I finished hmm. my education and I knew rather than being a business major now, I was concerned about the condition of the world. As I began to study history, I knew that I had to specialize in areas that concerned me. Mm -hmm. So that's how that's what drove me to be a social and cultural historian. You, you talked about the Civil War as well, too, like with some parts that you agreed and disagreed on. What were some of the parts that you really disagreed on, you know, according to what they had um, had taught you in history, what was impressed and everything? What were some of the parts of the Civil War that you disagreed about? Oh, well, I, I didn't really disagree. I just, I learned about it. And I was aware when I returned to school and studied history, that there were pockets of the country where the Civil War was not taught, it simply was not taught. 
and which shocked me because in Northern Kentucky, I learned about it in Southern Kentucky. It's like a different world. Oh, wow. And, so and so it's like split. Right. It was, it was, uh, that's what the civil war was about for the border states, brothers against brothers. Some of them opposed to slavery, some of them supporting it. So um, go into Tennessee and I've had students in my classes who've told me, I know in Virginia, when I've done research there, gone to some of the civil war battlegrounds, I remember walking into one park service office and the young man there, the ranger was reading a book. And I said, oh, that's a wonderful book. I read that during my graduate work and he said, I've never read it before because we didn't, we weren't taught the civil war here in Virginia and I was oh. shocked. So he was learning it right then. He was learning about the battles that in the areas surrounding him. Mm -hmm. And I know in Tennessee, one of my students told me that they, they didn't teach it in the schools there. So, wow. you know, I, I was, I've been shocked to learn that we're so factionalized and I'm one of those people who thinks that we can handle the truth. <laughs> mm -hmm. also, West, we can. <laughs> also, West Virginia was involved as well, too, that um, afterwards that Virginia got split into West Virginia and Virginia. And West Virginia has uh, an amazing, um, you know, civil civil war, um, you know, culture, history and everything else as well. Yes. And it is it split off from Virginia because they that section didn't want to secede from the union. They saw the benefits of being part of the union more than than starting over again. I mean, it was a very difficult thing to create a country in order to, you know, protect your way of life and your system of slavery. They had to start all over and they had no no financial basis for that economy or for fighting a war immediately to secede. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, the, and border of states, the border states are all a combination like Missouri. Missouri never seceded. Um, Kentucky, Maryland, West Virginia, all of those stayed in the union. Wow. That is something I'll tell you. That is just, I'm learning a lot from speaking to you as well too. And of course, speaking about uh, having some history ripped away, we'll talk about it in the book in just one minute. But first, listen to the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking on budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. It's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you love Missing by Mia Molsonzia. Available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molsonzia has garnered great reviews in Eve 11 endorsed by Howard celebrities, including Jonah Cassie, Forge Riley, and Mayors. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon. Also, take the Mike Widener Show at the on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com and over 30 podcast platforms. For great gift ideas, go to amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast and mikewidenershow.com. And for more great gift ideas, go to amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check out his great books and merchandise 
amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Make sure you visit today and don't forget to support us on PayPal, Anchor FM slash support, and also the MikeWidenerShow.com. Make sure you donate generously today. We're here with a local historian, author, and international researcher, Sarah Burns with her book, Cooksville, USA, and the Mike Wagner Show. And before we talk about Cooksville, USA, and, um, you, you know, talking about the story about fictional Western town with some of the pages being, um, you know, some of the town being ripped out of history. And you also mentioned about reading some books as well, too, that what are some of your favorite books that you're reading and where are some of your favorites growing up? Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, what turned me on to reading when I was a child? Mm -hmm. was a series of biographies that we had in the back of our classroom in at Philpott Elementary School in Kentucky. And they were biographies written at that level, fifth to sixth grade level. I fell in love with reading because I was learning history and in an entertaining fashion and reading about people like local people to my history, Daniel oh, wow. Boone, Dave, David Crockett, Abraham Lincoln, who was born in Kentucky, but also um, some of the mountain men like Jim Bridger, um, women like Clara Barton, Louisa May Alcott. I read all of those and it turned me on to reading. And then I got into all of the childhood mysteries, Trixie Belden, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew. Then I went on to big mysteries like Agatha Christie and many, many authors. One of the most influential in my life was James A. Michener. He mm -hmm. writes those lengthy sagas. And I'll tell you something that impressed me most recently. Uh, we've, I had a, a book signing at the lot, neighborhood lodge in our gated neighborhood. And there was a crafts fair as well. And a lot of people showed up to buy the book and begin reading it. I called one of my neighbors shortly after that to, to invite her to a, a dinner that we were having. And she said, I got to tell you, I have not been able to put your book down. I can't stop reading it. I take it with me when I go to lunch. I can hardly go to sleep at night reading it. And she said, you know who you write like? And I said, no. And she said, James Michener. Have you ever read Michener? And I said, just about every book you ever Oh, wrote. my gosh. So coincidence. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't realized that I had adapted his style so well. But it's a lengthy book. It's over 700 pages. And most, if you know Michener, he wrote sagas that went on and on, Hawaii, Centennial, Caravans, uh, which is a story of Afghanistan after World War II, and it's absolutely so historically informative. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love all the, the current uh, crime writers like John Grisham. I read everything he, he writes, but uh, through the years, I've, I've gone the gambit. Um, Francis Parkinson Keys, everything she wrote, Barbara Cartland in England, all of the English uh, female fiction writers, crime writers, mystery writers, they've all had an influence on me. And um, I think that that comes out in my writing, the, the need to let a story unfold little by little, don't give anything away, make your reader work to find out what's going to happen next. And uh, I can, I can, um, I appreciate the fact that she noticed my writing is like Michener's. Wow, that is something. And the thing that blew me away, Afghanistan in World War II. And I guess you kind of have to ask that this, like, you know, what was, after reading about it, what was it like uh, in Afghanistan? How they described it, um, World War II? Obviously, we know about the Afga Afghanistans of today, but in World War II, it makes you wonder, what was it like back then? Well, I'll tell you what, the reason I was reading it 
I had picked it up and uh, intended to read it, but then at College of the Canyons, when the Kite Runner came out, it became our book of the year many years ago. You probably are familiar with that work. It's first a book and then a movie. So uh, my department chair asked if someone could please do a presentation on the Kite Runner. And I decided it would be best to put it in context in the context of Afghanistan history, because there's so much in that book and movie that references the past. And it's taking place in the 70s when they have modernized and they have more, more liberties and more democracy. And then it's all taken away from them. When they become communists, they accept the weapons from the communists and the uh, uh, there's a takeover long before the Taliban is there. So I did the research on Afghanistan history, I was absolutely amazed at the turnover in leaders, either stepping down or running away or being being murdered. And the, God, yes, yes. When I read James Michener's book, he was living in the Khyber Pass in the 1960s in order to write this book and to research the condition of Afghanistan at the time. Afghanistan is always seems to be along the Silk Road, a passageway through that Khyber Pass, going to China or coming over to Eastern Europe. And it wasn't involved in World War II, but it became one of those hideouts for Nazis that wanted to run away. Some of them, of course, went to Argentina. Adolf Eichmann was found in Argentina and finally tried. Uh, but there were a number of them in Afghanistan. So as Michener lived in the Khyber Pass and got to know the people and got to know the customs and was intrigued by how different it was from Western civilization, how totally different their belief systems were. He wrote this book and based it upon the people that he had met. And one was a German doctor who obeyed the rules. He was doing everything correct in Afghanistan, but eventually in the book, the German doctor that he writes about, you learn that he was a Nazi and he escaped. And he is, he if he were found, he would be tried for war crimes. Wow. So Michener met the real people and then he fictionalized them, which of course is what I have done for Cooksville because the crimes in Cooksville are real. I've lived here long enough to know about some of them. My husband was first a public defender, then a criminal defense attorney, then a family law attorney, and then an administrative law judge in the prison system here. So he mingled with all of those attorneys. He was one of those attorneys. He knew my lead character very well. And that's why we dined with him at a local Basque restaurant once a week and had him in my home. I cooked meals for him. But meeting all of them just opened that criminal world to me personally. And I knew I had to write about it, especially when Lenny, the fictional name, told me that Dennis Quaid wanted to tell his story. He said mm. he contacted him because uh, he wanted to learn more about the Spade Cooley trial. He wanted to write about it. He wanted to do a movie about it. Mm -hmm. And um, Lenny, my fictional person, had been the fixer, the cover-up man for the criminal attorney here, and he hid some of the evidence. He said, oh. if, they, if they'd ever found those bloody boots, he would have gotten the death sentence. So, oh my gosh, Lenny 
saved him from getting the death sentence. So those types of trials and discoveries come out in the book because they're real and and none of them is easy to <laughs> it's easy to overlook let me put it that way mm-hmm. so uh but yeah that's that's the connection uh I, I guess under under the surface i was aware that i was also recreating reality in a fictional world kind of like michener did mm-hmm. but uh, i really i really loved his book about caravans i put together a PowerPoint presentation that showed the history and interwove the book and the details of the book to show how it fit in and how realistic the book was mm-hmm. by Khaled Husseini. And I presented it to College of the Canyons in the fall of 2009. I presented it again in the spring of 2010. And um, then National University invited me to come down to La Jolla and do that presentation as well, which I did. And they filmed it because as you may know, uh, a good deal of the classes with National University are online. And if you record a lecture, then you can share it with all of the classes. So Hmm. yeah, so Caravans by Michener helped me make that that comparison and weave the story together along with uh, the real history. Wow, that is very amazing. I'll ask you more about it, but I think you pretty much put in a nutshell when it comes to Cooksville. You also had a couple other books, Daughter of Juno and Chronicle. Um, was it one, Matilda of Argyll? Is that right? Argyll or? Argyll. Argyll, that's it. Okay. Scotland. Yes. It's a Scottish girl. Yeah, she, a coming of age story in the 1600s because I teach, as I say, both sections of U.S. history, but the first section I teach every year and it brings us past the Civil War. So most people don't understand how slavery began in this country uh, as first of all, indentured servitude in the 1600s. So that's why I brought my young Scottish lass over here to the new world, Jamestown in the Virginia colony as an indentured servant and others as indentured servants. During that period, when they used, um, you know, English, uh, UK people as Mm -hmm. as servants and then they transitioned to the first blacks in that colony were also indentures wow but by the 1660s events occurred that made them feel like drawing the color line and uh, permanent slaves were all of African descent so anyway I uh I brought that story out through Matilda of Argyle and I republished it. It was published the first time in 2003. I republished it in 2007 with University Press of the South. And it's still available online. But my Cooksville is my favorite so far because it's a very personal story. My friends around town, maybe you remember the book, The Help, and the Mm -hmm. movie, The Help. Great Mm -hmm. stories, you know, and uh, as she's gathering these stories and then they it's published and the people around town are reading it and they're shocked and they're wondering uh, who, who that is. Well, that's the hope that I had for Cooksville and it's happening. I get phone calls and I get texts and I go to the neighborhood pool and people are saying now, I think this person is so-and-so. Is that correct? <laughs> and I said, well, if you think it is, that's the important part. <laughs> so it's uh, one of those. It's like the help for the, the town of Bakersfield. That's interesting. Speaking of Bakerfield, is Buck Owens or any reference mentioned that book? <laughs> you know, I had it in mind to, and I created a 
fictional Buck Owens and his his band, but I didn't work it in. Instead, there was so much to tell around the criminal community that I do have some country western music in the background coming through the radios. I made sure every song that was played was correct for the 1940s, the 1950s, 60s, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made sure all of the automobiles were exactly the ones that they would have been driving at the time. So I was true to the zeitgeist of each era, but I did not bring him out. There's so many more Cooksville stories to write. So oh my <laughs> have to return. <laughs> you know something? I'm so looking forward to it. And where can we find uh, Cooksville USA and all your books at? Okay. They're all available on Amazon, amazon.com. And uh, Cooksville, USA is the most important right now. The subtitle, of course, I should mention is The Wildest, Wickedest, Wealthiest, Big Small Town in the West. My purpose in making it, uh, you know, kind of comical like that (laughs) is to point out the fact that it's, well, it's criminal stories. It's love affairs, but there's satire and there's the narrator's voice that goes through. That's me. Mm -hmm. And it's sarcastic and it's biting and it's gritty just like my character, Lenny, and he's very fastidious about his crime cover-up. So there's some comic nature to it as well, but all of the people and the houses of ill repute and the affairs that occur, they're all based on reality. They, they really happened here. They really continue to happen here. It was founded on vigilante justice. And as I say in uh, one of my articles about it, vigilantism is never far away in this town (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's very true as well and uh what's coming up for uh, author sarah burns we'll find out just one minute you listen to the mike widener show at the mike show.com powered by soundcrab studios visit online at soundcrabstudios.com for all your needs also brought to you by our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson Z of Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook we'll be back with author sarah burns of cooksville usa after this time out We're back with author Sarah Burns, also historian and international researcher of Cooksville, USA on the Mike Wagner Show. And Sarah, I mean, I learned a lot from you, basically, Cooksville, USA, daughter of Juno, and a lot more. And talking about your history and your amazing, um, you know, just journey from Kentucky and everything. What else can we expect from you in 2022 and beyond? Well, of course, I'm still teaching. I'm still in the live classroom, but I am working on the next book, and it will will involve... uh, Kentucky. It will involve my roots in Kentucky. So uh, that will be the next one. I'll I'll just flash up here right now what Cooksville looks like by S.C. Burns. I want everyone to realize I'm writing under a different pseudonym than normal. So it is S.C. Burns, Cooksville, USA. A very uh, lengthy tome right here. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I will be starting another book shortly i'm brainstorming it right now and that's so fascinating i'm so looking forward to it and who do you consider biggest influence in a career biggest influence i'll have to say i was writing an article for authority magazine today and one of the greatest influences thank goodness was a man named dr homer cheney he was the first history professor i had at cal state bakersfield oh wow and and i went to cal state when we moved back here from British Columbia, because I finally, I had my three children, they were in elementary school and I could finish my education. Mm -hmm. I was married at 19, uh, mother at 22. And uh, by my mid twenties, I had three children. 
So uh, I returned to school, became a historian, but he was my very first and that he's the man that inspired me the most to consider changing my, my major. And as I went through the years doing the undergraduate work and then became a graduate student there, Homer would often say to me, well, you've won every contest there is to win here at Cal State. You know, Sarah, you could have gone to any university that you wanted to. And I said, thank you. That's reassuring, but I couldn't because my children are in school and I needed to be here close. And I will say that for some people, they feel that they don't have a strong enough basis for shooting high in their field because they didn't get to go to an Ivy League school. And I will just have to shoot that down and say, Homer Cheney told me I could do anything I wanted to. He would read my papers and say, that's publishable, that's publishable. And I believed him. Uh, and sometimes that's all it takes is for someone you respect to believe in you. And then you can ignore all the naysayers and uh, shoot for scholarly work as well as that independent uh, fiction that I'm writing. That is very important. Shoot down the naysayers. I think that's to be the thing to do. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Anybody? Yes. Anybody who wants to write? Anybody who wants in, to in general. passion? In general. Yeah, in general. Listen to your own mind. You know your abilities more than anyone else and more than your parents, more than your most of your teachers. Sometimes your mentors will not see the talent you have because uh, sometimes it's a little bit of jealousy if you have talents that perhaps they don't have. So listen to the positivity and know your own mind because only you know the talents you possess. And if you pursue them, you must pursue them with passion. Like I say, you can't sell your words, your writing, your work, you can't sell anything if you're not passionate enough to believe in it yourself. So mm -hmm. passion. Yes, and very important as well too, and something to live by. Once again, author and historian, Sarah Burns of Cooksville, USA, here on the Mike Wagner Show. Sarah, big, th very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Do us a favor, keep yourself up to date, and don't forget to keep in touch. Looking forward to having you again. And once again, tell us about your upcoming projects, which website, how do people contact you, or can people purchase or check out your books? Okay, you can get my books through Barnes & Noble, through Amazon. That's the quickest, easiest way. That's the way of life these days. Um, I, my website is sarahcburns.com, S-A-R-A-H-C-B-U-R-N-S.com. I can be contacted, uh, be followed through Twitter at sarahburns9. That is my Twitter account. And um, I have a Facebook page if you uh, want to contact me through Facebook. We certainly will do so. Once again, Sarah, very, very, very thank you for your time. You've been totally amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Make sure you keep yourself today, keep in touch, and look forward to having you again very soon. And we definitely wish you all the best. You've got a great future ahead of you, Sarah. Thank you, Mike. You have a great day.